0: Hey everybody, welcome to Ultimate Insider. I am Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback, and today, I know I've owed it to you guys for a while, we're going to do our UCLA wrap-up, so review of that game, final game of the Pac-12, regular season, pretty sad, Um, entirely different podcast for later, coach has already promised to do on the podcast and talk about that with us, Uh, and so I will leave a little bit of that for later, though it'll probably come out, because I'm not super excited about what happened to our conference and the people that were in charge of it that uh, let that happen. All that said, UCLA, huge win for the Bears. Huge. So a couple key takeaways that I want to talk about. One is resilience. When the team needed to execute, when they needed to be at their best, I think Cal had one of their best defensive and special teams games of the season. On top of that, I think the offensive line had one of the best games of the season against a really formidable defensive line unit, front seven unit. UCLA's front seven, in terms of rushing the passer and getting after the ball and stopping the run, was one of the best in the country. I think they allowed uh, just under 70 yards per game rushing. Really, really good there. And they were uh, tops at getting after the passer as well in terms of sacks. And so they have Leatu Latu, who's going to be a first-round pick at the defensive end. And uh, in the NFL, he's, he's going to be like a high top-ten pick guy, just really good, really talented. And so they were really good up front. And so the Bears were able to run the ball effectively against a really tough front seven. And you have to give credit to that offensive line because they were great uh, in terms of running the football. You have to give credit to Jay Knott, who created some yards where there were none. Um, You have to give credit to Justin Williams-Thomas, who came in, who hadn't had a lot of snaps this year, but uh, earned some tough yards when he needed to because he was the only reserve that we had at that point. And so kind of a group deal when the Bears had to execute, especially the big boys up front, they did it. And you hear me being critical of that group sometimes, but when I can give them credit, I love giving them credit because the big boys work their asses off. Uh, and so wonderful that they were able to get it done, that the front seven was solid in a game that they need to be. And as a result, the bears get to go bowling. So fantastic accomplishment, fantastic resilience. Uh, it was, it was huge, uh, for the bears. Now they only ran for 124 yards, but, but Mike Blesch. And the offense had a commitment to run the football. And so finally, that's the other guy we need to give credit to. Mike Blesch has turned that offensive line unit around uh, in terms of what they do up front. So more physical, they get after it. They've got mentality. And it's a, it's a huge difference maker. So there's still you a know, bunch of guards up there. But they are getting after it. So congrats to the O-line. They were awesome in this game. Uh, Pass game. I didn't expect, because of the pass rush for UCLA, I didn't expect a ton of passing yards in this game. You know, if you get back there and you're just trying to throw the ball down the field, you're going to get yourself in trouble in a hurry. And so, uh, Bears threw for 178 yards, and Fernando was good, 63% passing. He hit some big-time throws. But the thing that impresses me most about him is that he did get hit, and he got hit uh, early and then he got hit several times during that game. But in spite of that, in spite of the pressure, he just continued to step in. He missed one or two because he short stepped them. There was a, an out route uh, that would have been a big conversion that he missed because he didn't quite step into it because he felt pressure in his lap. But for the most part, he stepped into his throws. He kept dialing it up. He kept being fearless. And that is tough to do as a quarterback. I can tell you firsthand when dudes are coming at you, when you know you've got a fierce pass rush coming at you and you continue to step into throws, knowing that you're going to take it in the chin strap, uh, that shows courage and toughness. And so Fernando showed plenty of that in this game. Proud of him for that performance, uh, really good. And the guy, the team has just responded to him chemistry wise. The team is just better with him at quarterback. And it has to do a ton with the culture that we're talking about, that resilience, the culture, the love of the game, all that stuff. And it can be one piece sometimes. And Fernando is a big piece of that and what he's done for this team, because they see him work, they know the type of person that he is, they understand his passion for it. And so he leads by example with who he is and the team follows that the team loves that and so they buy in and they are better with him, at quarterback. So I love that. Um a big one in this game, big piece of this game was the turnover takeaway ratio. The bears won by two. They gave the ball away twice, uh, two interceptions by Fernando, one of which he was getting hit as he threw, came off high. Those things happen. The other one, uh, they got him on an RPO and he wasn't looking there, but you have to, he got what I like to call color blindness, uh, in his progression, color blindness. So, He went through his RPO. He got the right read. He was coming back side. But the reason he had that read is because they were dropping out of defensive end. Liatu Latu was dropping back into pass coverage. And so instead of seeing it and pulling that ball back or ditching the ball, throwing it away, whatever, he continued to try to throw it. And so he got colorblindness. I guarantee you in his peripheral vision, he saw Latu there, but he didn't register it in time through the pick. Uh, And so it was was obviously to get the ball away. But Bears defense got two fumble recoveries uh, and got two interceptions. So huge, huge on defense. Craig Woodson got one. Luave got one. In terms of the interceptions, huge plays. uh, Fantastic. Luave's interception was insane. Um, How he caught that, I don't know. But it was a fantastic play there as well. Sacks. Sacks were huge in this game. The defensive line for UCLA, like I said, was arguably one of the best in the conference. And they were getting after the passer all year long. They had a ton of sacks coming into this game. And the Bears got six sacks on defense and they only gave up one sack on offense. A huge part of that was the fact that they were running the screen game a ton. They had seven different screens going into this game. I thought Spav and Coach Blesch and the offensive staff put together a very nice game plan versus UCLA. And I thought they executed it pretty well. Screens weren't huge in terms of chunks, but they were clutch in terms of the yards they got, moving the chains, keeping drives alive. And so that was a huge piece of it for that offense. Um, the, The sacks in this game, keeping Fernando's Jersey, mostly clean, not getting sacked, not getting behind the chains was enormous in terms of keeping drives alive. Meanwhile, as soon as the Bears knocked out Ethan Garbers early in the game, and UCLA had to do with Dante Moore, boy, they were in trouble because Dante Moore was not reading the field. He threw two interceptions. He was not efficient back there as a quarterback, and so it showed up. And so the sacks, getting after the quarterback, doing all that, and we'll talk about individual performers later. But that was fantastic, and the defense just just a game changer. That turnover takeaway ratio they got they were up to. Plus, getting after the quarterback, six sacks, changes the entire nature of the game. And so when your defense is like that, when the quarterback feels pressured, when you're giving the ball away, it just changes everything. And so the Bears took momentum in that game by getting after the quarterback. A huge, huge piece of that game was all about attitude and effort. And it's cliche, I know, to say the Bears wanted it more. But Bears wanted it more. They needed that game to go to a bowl game. They needed the third or the sixth win, but the third win in a row to get bowl eligible. And UCLA had, strikes me, kind of lost the faith a little bit. Um, But not taking anything away from Cal's effort, they went out and kicked UCLA's ass up front, offensively and defensively. And so, fantastic job, great attitude, great effort, great resilience. I think all of that showed up in the game. A couple of individual performers. uh, Fernando, he was really tough in this game. I thought he, his, uh, more than anything, he made some great throws. He made, you know, touchdown uh, passes to uh, Jeremiah Hunter on the fade route. Fantastic fade ball uh, through the inside slant on uh, on a snag, what's called a snag concept, but with a uh, post rather than a corner route, and so I thought that they, he was really good in the game when he had to be really good. I thought he was clutch on a lot of his throws, and again, toughness, 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 and he changes chemistry. and I'll take that guy any day over the the measurable guys that everybody looks at and says, "Ooh, that's the quarterback." You know, Jamarcus Russell was a, was a measurable guy, uh, and he's still collecting checks from the Raiders for not playing. But Fernando Mendoza is the guy who has the intangibles along with some of the measurables but he has the intangibles and i want that guy as my quarterback um that's what the good ones have so anyway love that ah it was clutch made some yards when they were no yards there he was fantastic fantastic on his only kick return of a night it was great we had him on the air uh after the game on the radio and he said, man, I was so scared. I'd never returned a kick before. Not in Pop Warner, not in high school, not you know, not here at Cal. And it was his first kick return ever. So in that, he goes down in the lore with Russell White, uh, returning a kick for a big, 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 big play in a game uh, at UCLA. Changed the momentum of that game big time. So great job for him, uh, special teams-wise, and running the ball behind the line of scrimmage. I said it, Justin Williams-Thomas showed up when he needed to in that game. Uh, only 47 yards, 10 carries, but clutch yards that they absolutely needed. And Jeremiah Hunter, very, very good. Uh, had eight catches on the night, 101 yards, two touchdowns. And so he was very good in that game. And uh, Jack Andrews So here's a guy, by the way, freshman All-American, K. Luave freshman All-American. Congratulations to those dudes. They deserve it. They balled out. Uh, but Jack Andries, I gave him heat on the plane ride back uh, about blocking. And I was... When I see it, it's blocking in the open field, right? So blocking for screens, doing all that. And I will be the first to tell you, I, I can't do that. Like that's, that's why they have those skilled guys out there to go make those blocks. As a quarterback, if I went out there and tried to block anybody, I'd be lost in space. And so I gave him heat because he missed a couple blocks out there in space against elite athletes. So in fairness to Jack, those guys outside are get paid for scholarship checks as well. But I said, you know, got to pick that up. I, I called you out a couple times. But I went back and watched the film, and his blocking in the run game was really, really, really good. So, Jack, apologize for that. Um, I don't apologize. Get your blocking better in the screen game, but fantastic job blocking in the run game. That's just fair. Um, And then uh, I thought overall, that offensive line, they get my MVP of the game because that final drive to seal it off was 11 plays or 12 plays, I think, for 61 yards And it took over seven minutes off the clock. That sends a message, that is a statement drive. And they did did it with nothing but counter and inside zone. Two plays, ran it down UCLA's throat, chewed up clock, got first downs uh, and finished the game. And that is what you're looking for out of your team. So that was a fantastic effort, fantastic job. And you keep hearing me say resilience. Because that's what it all comes back down to is resilience. And and, uh, that's what I talked to coach about this week. Rather than asking about the UCLA game, it's about that resilience because the Bears went three games they had to win in a row and they won three games in a row. They were incredibly resilient. And so that's what I focus on with coach. We talked about mindset all year long. And the big one today for me, resilience, right? This team was incredibly resilient towards the end of the season when they had to have three wins, they found a way to get three wins, and you mentioned it. Talk about what that looks like from the interior of a team, right? Everybody looks at it at the outside, but the resilience, like everybody thinks, oh, you either have it, it's this hard shell. But no, it's a case-by-case basis, player-by-player basis, and it has to be buy-in from the players to have a team resiliency. Talk
1: about what that looked like for the Cal Bears this year. Yeah, I think you're right on, right on and there's guys who are – uh by nature, built that way, and guys who uh, learn to be that way, uh, and there might be a couple that just aren't that way, and maybe never will be, and uh, th- those are character traits. But the great news is, is uh, there's a lot of guys on our team who who have that trait or have built that trait, and a lot of those guys who are our best players, um, who have the the respect of the locker room from how they work out and do everything to also the respect of how they play on the field and perform on game day and they're wired that way. So when you know your, your Brett Johnson's and your, uh, you know, your Woodson's and uh, uh, on offense, you know, you got Driscoll and, and these guys that are just competitive Monroe Young's a guy, you know, like those guys that are really competitive and, will continue to work at it than some of the guys who might be trying to figure out what should I do here? How do I act? Well, you're going to act like them because they're the leaders of the team and we're going to follow those guys. And so I think it speaks to the the leaders on the team and the group as a whole. Yeah, I had a great question. Larry Beal last time when I was doing the Niners
0: post-game stuff and he asked me about you know how how do you build culture in a team? And I said, well, in the NFL you can draft for it or you can trade for it, uh, but you have to coach it, right? And you have to tell them, and then you have to show them, and then you have to prove it to them through the actions and how that comes out. And a huge piece of that is having leaders who understand that mindset, the resilience, the ability that the next play could be the play, right? Every time you're focused on that, and so that's a that's a huge piece of it. Um, and you talked about some of those leaders. Who were were the guys? You you talked about a few that stood out, but like a couple of guys in particular have to be the leaders, and then everybody falls in line behind them. Craig Woodson, I know, is a guy who you've talked about, and Brett Johnson. Talk about those guys and what they mean to the team having that type of leadership potential.
1: Yeah, and the unique thing was like the two guys that were voted overwhelmingly to be the captains for this year both got hurt and were out. Cendrick was out in the first game. Jack Sermon was out in whatever game, five or six or whatever it was. So then there was other guys, the Craig Woodson's of the world, um, you know, Driscoll really took on a role. I thought late in the season, Jade Knott stepped up in terms of just being a little bit more vocal. And I mean, he's returning kicks in the last game of the year. And and David Reese, who uh, really came on at the end of the year. But I think, uh, again, it goes back to what what those guys expect of themselves. And in turn, what they can expect from the other guys when it's when we're talking about practice meetings, special teams, uh, preparing for the game, how hard you prepare, or you do you know your opponent? Uh, and when those guys expect it from themselves and then they go out and produce, well, they damn sure can expect it from the other guys on the team. And as you know, the coaches have to show the way, but the without the players and the leadership in the locker room. Finishing the season like we did doesn't happen, you know. In terms of, they have to buy in and they have to do it for each other. There has to be an expectation amongst them to get that done. And so I think that just speaks to them and and uh, how they live their lives individually, those leaders, and then what they expect of their, you know, their teammate. Yeah, at a
0: certain point, the coach becomes Charlie Brown's teacher, just want 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 with the same thing over and over. But if the guys are exemplifying the traits you're looking for then the younger players go, ooh, that's how I work. That's what a college player looks like. Troy Taylor was that for me. I got to see how hard he worked, what he did, the way he thought. And I said, ooh, that's how you work to become a quarterback. And so you have to have those guys. And obviously you guys have enough to be a really resilient team this year. So congratulations on that because building culture, that's the ethereal you know, thing that's out there. How do you make this work? It's just this cloud of... Getting yeah. mean, all the right pieces together, but having the leaders who can do that is a big piece. So
1: it, it is, and and in this era, it's it's even uh, th- more challenging because you got a lot of new faces each and every year, and so the year to year turnover is greater. And and having those guys that can carry it forward, and and also uh, you re- bring the right guys in, you know, because if you don't, that can be very very challenging. Uh, if you don't have the right guys that you're adding to the team, so that's a fine line no doubt you had a cancer and it turns everything south. So,
0: so you can hear it. I love talking, by the way, mindset with, with, uh, coach Wilcox every week. We talk about it all the time. I got to practice. We talk about it. Uh, he, he is a student of it. He is, he, I think like any good coach is always looking for the ways to get the edge in that department. And so having that discussion with those guys and, you know, I've talked to Urban about it. I talked to Mike Leach about it. I talked to all those guys about it. And, uh, And Justin is right there in terms of his execution, his knowledge, his understanding of it with any of them. So, uh, great talk there. A a little love to the defensive side of the ball. I talked about a couple of stats, but six sacks, huge. Huge. A bunch of tackles for loss. They only gave up 71 rushing yards on the day. Fantastic job against a team that ran for about 200 yards. They were, I think, first or second in the Pac-12 in terms of running the ball coming into that game, UCLA was. And so to shut that down as well, and it was really when they, when they knocked Ethan Garbers out of the game, it forced, or, or Cal's defense said, okay, we're going to stop the run. We dare you to throw with the freshman quarterback, Dante Moore. And so they brought a little bit of pressure. They, they teed it up a little bit. They confused him with their looks, but they packed the box and said, I dare you to throw the ball. And UCLA could not do it. So fantastic job there stopping the run. They got four takeaways, enormous On defense uh star performer kate ulave 11 tackles two tackles for loss one sack one interception uh freshman phenom and he just keeps getting better so i can't wait to see how he grows over the course of the years here at cal we got to make sure we keep him so little hint there give some love to the nil uh the legends fund make sure if you haven't uh and you are of a mind to that you do that so that cal can go out and recruit the players they need to get better it's the quickest way to improve your football team right now. So thinking about donating, that's a great place to do it. David Reese, how about David Reese showing up in the end of the season? Uh, Seven tackles in this game, three sacks, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hurries, one forced fumble. And I wanna be fair, people at home are gonna say, well, why didn't they do that all year long? Where was he all year long? In part, UCLA's tackles were not very good. And so some of that came because the tackles weren't as good. It's not like they changed a ton on defense, but they weren't going up against Washington's tackles who are all going to be playing in the NFL, but not to take anything away from David. He went out and balled when he had to, he had a couple of three sack games. He was getting better every snap. Uh, And when you have a lesser opponent in front of you, you need to take advantage of it. And David did exactly that, did a fantastic job with it. And, uh, Xavier Carlton as well did the same thing two sacks two quarterback hurries uh taking advantage of those tackles and a good job by the defense uh the coordinator is Peter sermon picking that up and saying let's get after these guys because they couldn't block they weren't they were not very good they were stiff so outstanding job there Craig Woodson eight tackles in the game he, and he's been a leader he's been the dude back there you know all year long uh, had a tackle for loss had an interception. Was, was really, really good back there in the secondary as well. Patrick McMorris always seems to show up six tackles. And how about Ricky Correa? Big dude inside, not supposed to make a ton of tackles, made six tackles in this game. So awesome, an awesome special teams game. Uh, 100, the big 100-yard kick return averaged over 53 yards a punt. So when they needed to switch the field, they did. And so just an overall great game for the Bears. Would love to see that every single game. And if you had that kind of effort, that kind of execution every single game, Bears would have a couple more wins at least this year. Um, So it is what it is. UCLA, huge win, last game of the regular season, Pac-12 history in this iteration as it stands. Uh, Sad and outstanding all at the same time. For today, I'm going to bring you, by the way, Shreveport's uh, bowl game update. A great story about my first trip to Shreveport in there when I was playing in the Canadian Football League. You're going to want to hear that uh, with my in, in my interview to coach. So I will talk about that in that podcast coming up. But for now, I appreciate you guys watching. I'm Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider. Go Bears. <laughs>